What's up, everybody? You're listening to the one and only T-Mac Inspired Podcast. My name is Dr. Kiana Jones, owner and founder of Lux Beauty and Wellness Boutique and Lux Beauty and Wellness Academy. Listen as she sits down with regular people to discuss the ideas, the ideas, the opportunities, the opportunities, and the wealth building strategies that they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. Kiana. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Jones. Yes. How are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantabulous. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. When I got the message, I was like, absolutely. (laughs) It was a no-brainer for me. Everybody knows. Everybody knows me. They know I come out out the gate real strong, real heavy, right? I'm going to talk a little heavy first. Okay. So when you dropped out of high school, did you think that you would have helped over a hundred nurses? I didn't. When I dropped out of high school, I didn't think I was going to be able to help myself. (laughs) 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 A hundred nurses. Um, that time in my life, I was, it was survival mode, you know? Mm. And, you know, I was a teenage mom. So I dropped out of high school to take care of my daughter when I was seven. Mm. I didn't have a lot of help. So it was really balancing being a teenage mom, just this whole transition to motherhood at such an early immature age. Um, mm. I didn't think anything about being able to help others. I was trying to help me and that that little <laughs> one <laughs> that was right. the for me. So, so what'd, you, what'd you do when you dropped out of high school? So I dropped out of high school and I went to, this is funny, I went to a school, it was a technical school out here. This was years ago. It was called Computer Learning Center and they they don't exist anymore. But this was when, (laughs) I'm dating myself, but this is like when computers was very new, but it was like there was whole schools being created, like technical schools created just so you could learn computers and then, you know, get hired to like work on computers and things like that. So I went there and um, I was 18 at the time and they offered uh, like, if you didn't have your high school diploma, you could take some tests and get a high school diploma. So um, I was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. So I went, I took this test and I was like, okay, I'm 18, right? I hadn't, I had taken this test and then I got the diploma in the mail. And so mm-hmm. as my mom, she went up to the school with me and she was like, Kiana, this school is, is she's like, it's too much. It's too sketchy. Like, I don't want you to do this. So I ended up declining. They had, I think they gave you like seven days, seven business days to, to stay with it or not before you actually had to take out the loan. So I ended up leaving. So all along, I'm like, I got a high school diploma. It wasn't until I was about, so I, okay, I stopped that school. Then I started working, um, still saying. What kind of jobs? What kind of jobs? Okay, I worked at Sprint PCS. I went to CNA. Let me see, let's go back. First, I was a CNA, okay? I went through um, the school in Compton, adult school, and I got my CNA certificate. So I was a CNA. I did that for about a year and a half. And then I was like, okay, this is not for me. Um, Then I worked at Sprint PCS. Okay, so I worked at Sprint PCS for about three and a half years off of my high, my high school diploma <laughs> that I thought I had. Right. So, so who, was keep, who was keeping your, your daughter? So when I was working at the hospital, mm-hmm. at the CNA, 
she was going between my grandmother and my mom and my sisters, like just whoever would help me. I was working nights. Mm. I was working nights. So um, that was a challenge. Just imagine a baby, you work nights in the daytime, she's wide awake. So it was, it was really a struggle. So eventually, yeah, it just wasn't gonna work. And it was really labor intensive. So I was working at a rest, subacute respiratory hospital. At the mm-hmm. time. So, it was mm-hmm. so on my high school diploma, then I worked, started working at Sprint. And I was there for like three years, two and a half, three years. Um, and they ended up closing down. And so they were laying us all off. And so in that mm-hmm. time, I said to myself, because all I wanted was more for her. That I, I, She was my motivation. You know, I probably wouldn't even made it that far if I didn't have her. She just mm-hmm. gave me purpose. And I was determined to give her a different life than what I had. So they laid us off. They sent out a notice that they were going to lay us off. And I said, this is my opportunity. This is my opportunity to go back to school. How old were you then? I was 21. I was 21. Oh, you were so young. Yeah, I was 21. I was 21. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I said, this is my opportunity. I had no plan. By this time at 21, I was on my own, had, you know, my own place. I was paying my own rent. You know, I'm in LA, so it's not cheap, even back then. Um, So when they gave us that opportunity, uh, I mean, they were laying us off. They gave us an opportunity to take an early severance package. So they mm-hmm. were going to be laid off in nine months, but they said, it, you know, you could leave early. We'll give you a severance. And I was like, school started in January. This is like October. And I was like, I'm taking it. I'm about to leave. I'm going to school. Mind you, Tasha, I had no plan to pay my rent. I had no plan to pay my car note, but I knew this is when I look back on this, this is, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know the word, but this was mm-hmm. about the power of manifesting the life that you want this looking as a grown grown adult now I look back I didn't know it but it was manifesting my life Mm -hmm. so I you know my family was like what you gonna do how you gonna I was like I don't know but I'm leaving literally Tasha this story and it still gives me chills because this story is so powerful because I walked down to the HR office and I signed for my severance they gave me my check and I'm not lying to you. And this job was about 45 minutes from my house. I drove to my house and my grandmother called me and said, you have a, a letter here from section eight. I am not lying. I literally had just got to my house. So I'm like, huh? Totally forgot that when I was 17 and pregnant, my grandmother said, Hey, this is when the newspapers was in. So for y'all young people, y'all might not know about this, but anyway, there was a, that was they were taking applications for section eight and I was 17 and I just filled it out she mailed it in for me I forgot all about that when I got home they were called they were sending email sending um mail out letters out to people to come in to see if they qualify for their voucher so technically I was still employed but I had literally had my severance severance with me so I contacted them I went for my interview bring that I gave them all my information my rent went from I think it was at that time 1200 and something dollar to 75 dollars 75 dollars <laughs> wow and I knew it was over like nobody I and I didn't again I didn't know it was manifestation but I was like nobody can tell me nothing like I was determined so 
Tasha during that time. And so I started school. I was on a grind. I finished the two year. It was supposed to be two years. I finished it in three semesters. I took 20 something units every semester. I was in a community college, super aggressive and hungry. And just like, it just renewed me, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize it, but I was down. It renewed me. And, and so when I was, I was applying for grants and Scott, I had more money than I had ever had working because I was qualifying for everything because I was low income. It was just crazy. How did you know to do all that? Tasha, that's the thing. I, I feel like um, I, I, I started to I think this was a time where I really tapped into the networking, the power of networking too. So what I would do is I would go and sit in the transfer center at the community college. The president knew me, the director of the transfer center knew me. They will always be sending me like, you know how you, it was, I was like the, the golden child. Like I had, I was a teenage mom. I was like super smart. So I was had all A's. I ended up being valedictorian of our graduating class. Like it was, you know, so they would always call me like, can I apply for this college scholarship? You know, I was a part of the gang program through public, through the public service uh, program in the state. Mm -hmm. My worker would call me all the time, Kiana, we got this money. Cause a lot of people don't realize they gotta spend the money. Once it's allocated, mm -hmm. they gotta figure it out. They like, oh, we put an extra thousand dollars on your, for books. Like, or yep. we spend so much. I'm like, it was crazy, Tasha. So you, so you were balling. I was balling. <laughs> I was balling. I had so much money and I was afraid initially, but that's when I just knew the power of like manifesting the life you want and speaking things into existence and networking. Cause at that time I was just around, around people who were educated who knew way more than me that were just pointing me and guiding me in the right direction. So what happened? Did you there's a piece missing in my mind because okay. when I, I know I was a teenage mom, mm -hmm. but my grandma, she was like, Hey, live your life. I'm good. You're good. You know, go to school, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But I've still found time to party. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I ain't hearing that. You right. party. Did I? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So let me tell you what happened. Um, my daughter, my grandfather passed away. The she was she was born in March. He passed away in December of her birth. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother cleaved to my daughter. She Aww. was at, she was just born, so that was her baby. So she mm -hmm. was my and by the time my daughter was two, my mom got married and moved to Chicago. So my mm -hmm. grandmother, oh, she was my even for school, like you know, just staying up all night. Just she had me a hundred thousand mm -hmm. percent. So it was my grandma too. But absolutely, I party, girl. Oh, did I party? <laughs> I did. I think, you know, I partied more when I wasn't in school though, because once I got in school, it required so much of me oh, yeah. mm -hmm. that I only could do it like during summer breaks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, when I was in community college, I didn't even have those because I was going to school mm -hmm. summer winter. Like I wanted to be done. I felt like I was trying to play catch up. I wasn't that far behind, but in my mind at that time, I felt like I was because I had a lot of my classmates went straight to college. So I was trying to play catch up. So when I was in school, I was in school, you know, so, but I, I, I still, well, <laughs> <laughs> so, let me ask you this. At what point did you say, I want to put doctor in front of my name? You know what? I'm what was going on in your life at that time? Uh, my daughter was going away to college. <laughs> she had got a full scholarship to Howard. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I, I was raised with her. Her, I could not even, the, like, I, of course I supported her leaving all that, but, and I had had a goal to have my PhD by the time I was 40. So okay. I graduated, by the time I graduated with my master's, I, and so I went the unorthodox route. I had a public health bachelor's. I don't have a, ma- a, a bachelor's in nursing. I have a bachelor's in public health. Then I got my master's in nursing. So it was like mm-hmm. an entry program, right? And way back then it was like the first one. So I was done by the time I was 29 with everything. Mm-hmm. So 20, 28, 29. So I had a goal to have my PhD by the time I was 40. Okay. I kind of forgot about that goal and going away to college. Then I was like, what am I do? Mind you, I had my other kid, but it was just different. Her, our connection, we, we was raised together. So it was just different. And I was just like, what am I do? And I was like, I'm just go go to school. <laughs> so I checked out. Gotta feel the void some type of way, huh? Yeah, and that's you what I was to, doing. And I was, by the time I was a year in, I was like, what the hell am I doing? to do this why am I here but I, I was like okay I'm gonna just leave and then they gave me a full scholarship the rest of the way and I was just like okay well I got a scholarship I might as well finish so I finished it mm-hmm. <laughs> but, so how, how, how did you feel um after you accomplished that oh it, it definitely honestly it was a, a a feeling of accomplishment but when I look back on it because when I originally started I was thinking I was going to be in academia forever. Like I was going to mm-hmm. get a tenure, go get a tenure position, you know, just finish out my years, be one of them old professors still teaching the old way to do a Foley when we have technology or something, right? I just envisioned yeah. that For sure. <laughs> and then um, as I, those was very pivotal years for me where mm-hmm. I became, where I began to evolve into who I am now. So what I realized is that my takeaway from my PhD program was really being a true advocate for the science of nursing and mm-hmm. not just us as a skill-based profession and really understanding from a philosophical level what it means to be a nurse and being able to mm-hmm. advocate for that as a nurse entrepreneur now, right? Because we basically, a lot of times, um, we simplify our profession to a Foley and a starting an IV, like mm-hmm. more than that. And scientifically, we are, we are scientifically driven, but when we just kind of minimize ourselves to skills, then we are no different, and no offense to any skill-based profession, but I'm just saying right. we're no different than those that are just all about a technical, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like that was my biggest takeaway from that. And then, and then definitely just, you know, going through a rigorous uh, in-person PhD program really revealed to me just the, that resilience that I thought I had lost. Cause now I was kind of mm-hmm. awesome through life and it was like, nah, I'm getting my ass up on Thursdays. Sorry. If I hope you allow Thursdays and I am trucking down to San Diego. Then I got pregnant with my daughter in my third year and I stayed the course, you know? So just kind of reignited the love for, you know, my passion right. for being determined and driven to do the things that I say I'm doing. Just, I'm still, I'm gonna so, it out. So you've had your PhD for how long? I graduated in 2019. So I graduated 2019. Um, I was 40 when okay. I graduated. So it was my 40th year. Okay. It was my 40th year. 
Yeah. So I actually made my goal and I actually lasted a year. So it, it was a year longer than what I was. So the program is technically it's set up to be three years, but most people finish in four. I finished in four. Okay. So, so that's 2019. When did you start? Like technically, technically say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go all in and be an entrepreneur. So I was flirting with entrepreneurship as a, an administrative nursing supervisor at the hospital. And I would say I started probably in 2016. And okay. my start for me, my, and I didn't probably realize I was starting entrepreneurship per se, but I, I knew I was starting to segue into something that was mine. I didn't, I didn't quite know what it was. And the mm -hmm. way I did that was um, work. I, I hired my first coach and my first therapist. Mm -hmm. Something I, there was just something missing, and I didn't know. I knew I wasn't qualified to determine what it was. Like I needed some outside help. So that's when I first um, hired my first coach and therapist. And so that was when my. So what did you find out was missing? Um. I had an one of the, I mean, a lot, but, but I'm going to just highlight a few. <laughs> one of them was um, I had a strong desire for um, validation of others um, and acceptance. Being someone who, okay, I was in high school and I was always a smart kid. I was always the one who did well in school. So my family didn't really, it was nothing. It was like, that's, that's what Kiana does, right? And so when I got pregnant, everybody was just disappointed. And it was more of a, you have ruined your life. So I sought out validation um, so much so that it, it was what dr drove me to do the things that I did. Now, even fast forward to my PhD, I realized that at this point, it was easy for me. I've been through so much education, but I just wanted people to, who thought it was hard to give me the validation that I needed, right? So I was doing a lot of things seeking validation um, because I was counted out so much after I had my daughter. So mm -hmm. I had to realize that I am enough and whatever I choose to do with my life was enough. Mm -hmm. and so when you, when you think about being worried about that needing, not, not being worried about, but needing validation from others and then trying to step out into something where the biggest fear is failure, you're never going to get there because you're so, you know, you may not get that validation. So you're mm -hmm. always doing what's safe. Mm -hmm. Cool for me that I had that. <laughs> so I always doing what's safe, entrepreneurship, foreign, a whole nother language high likelihood of failure because I didn't know a lot about this. And so now, but I'm, but I'm validated by people's opinion. So I had to work on that. And then the second big thing was my relationship with money. Mm. Mm. And constantly hearing as a kid, money don't grow on trees, mm -hmm. poverty. Oh, you know, my mom was on the system. My mom worked hard, you know, to take care of us as a single parent, you know, so my relationship was with money was, um, was from a very scarce mindset that I had to work on. So those were the two top. I could go on girl, but we don't. Right, 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 right. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, as I say in every, all of my interviews, we're here for the people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't do anybody. It doesn't do 
the people any good to see our successes and not know what we had to go through to get there and what we continue to go through because it's not over once you once you reach like, like you said I had my PhD but then I still had to get a therapist right so I get a coach you know? <laughs> so so my thing is is more so towards don't look at where people are mm. look at where they were to get mm. to where they are because one of the things that I realized and I I, I just realized this like recently mm-hmm. and I think I told you know we talked about it you know on our calls and stuff people don't care about what you have you know we have there are people out here that are up at night googling youtubing trying to figure out how can I live a better life how do how can I get out of this whatever it is how can I get out of this rat race how can I earn extra money on the side how can I how 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 and then they'll google and they'll go down a rabbit hole they'll youtube and they'll watch a whole bunch of videos and then they're still stuck yeah yeah but when let's say they're on uh, IG and they're looking at you and looking at your, you know, you're helping hundreds and hundreds of people and nurses and, you know, you're teaching them different, you know, digital world and all this, how they can make money, you know, on the side and stuff. They, they're they reluctant because they think that that's where you started. Right. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So people don't, and I t- like I said on, the, on our calls that we, we used to have, people do not buy modules. Mm-hmm. They don't buy presentations. They don't buy PowerPoints. They buy transformation. Yeah. And as much as you tell your story, as much as I tell my story, mm-hmm. you know how many people on this earth, they don't hear it. Yeah. It's a small yeah. percentage of the people that do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But guess what? For the ones who are looking for it, I believe that those are the people that need to hear it and they will hear it, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. exactly so it's the you know they scroll and they can scroll and they can scroll but they don't they never hear or see wow she she dropped out of high school and she has a phd and now she's teaching nurses how to be free as well and how to you know make all this money because there are nurses right now mm-hmm. that are literally i mean so frustrated yeah. they don't know they just don't know what to do yes so yeah. what, what do you say t- to that nurse who's up at night Googling mm-hmm. and YouTubing? She's made all this COVID money yeah. and she didn't want to go back because mm-hmm. she almost died making it. Yeah. So w- what do you say to that nurse? Coaching and therapy changed my life. I'm an advocate for it. And a lot of times people think I'm trying to promote my coaching. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. saying, hey, you a coach who is where you're trying to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of people don't understand that because it's now become so diluted in its value because it seems like everybody is a coach. But the truth is, anybody who is doing the thing that you want can help and mentor you to get there. So if you want to call them a mentor or whatever you want to title them, get you somebody who can help you get to where you're trying to go. Now, and this is something I tell people in life in general, like if you want to have a successful marriage, don't go to somebody who's been divorced five times. They're probably not the person. I but wish I had tea in it instead of water. <laughs> That's some tea right now. I'm just saying, but if you want to get to a million dollars and you're a nurse, 
find a nurse that's been got a million dollars. And if they're doing the thing you want to do to get to your million, whether it's Airbnb, whether it's real estate, whether it's Toro, whatever it is, hire somebody. And the next thing is, let's not go on and on about this too, but I'm gonna give you two. The next thing is work on that relationship with investing your money. You are not spending your money on your coach. You are not spending your money on the mentor. You're not spending your money on the conference. You're investing your money because the potential connections you can make in a conference could change your life. The potential connections that your mentor can get you in those ro- in the rooms with could change your life. The value that they can add to your life can change your life. I think people don't realize that it's an investment. So when I invest in some in a coach or in a program, I'm just thinking to myself, how can I get the money back that I've invested? And can I live off of this for a lifetime? And most of the time, the tools, the frameworks that they have can get you there, can get you there and they are sustainable, right? So mm-hmm. me taking the class on Kajabi has changed my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, this weekend, based on what I saw in Black Nurse Entrepreneurs, created a course, people are buying the course. Mm-hmm. It took me about 12 hours and that wasn't the, even the research. That was me trying to do the graphics, which is a whole nother part. But the point is I did it. <laughs> and you should have hired somebody. I know, but only because it was over the weekend. You know, I got my VAs, but it was like one of those serendipitous, like, I'm gonna just do it. And I did oh, okay. it. So what I'm trying to say for people, it, you know, we have to think about those investments. I can live off of this forever. I can create a course like that. So I have people who have purchased course, my, like creating an ebook. They can make ebooks forever. I have one lady, she, she's like, oh, I'm on my eighth ebook. She go by every time somebody come to her and ask her a question about her niche that's not included that she don't already have, she created an ebook about it. We got to get to this digital. Okay, that, that's my whole nother thing. But the point yeah. is definitely in making the investment in yourself, getting into tech, digital, you got to do that. Invest in that invest, you got to invest in something that's going to be in here that you can, t- can continue to grow. And that is monetizing your knowledge. That's mm-hmm. the best thing right now, y'all to wake up to money. I don't care if I got two sales off of my $150 course. I want you to do the math. If I get two sales off of my $150 course a day, that's double, that's multiple six figures. That's over $200,000 a year. I created that course one time. What? All I got to do is keep reminding people that it's there. Hey, I got a coach for you. Hey, I got that course for you. I'd be creative on how I remind them, but all I got to do is remind them because there's somebody out there who needs it. For sure. That's it. And I think it's all mindset. We all, we know that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're speaking to people who are either entrepreneurs and they're stuck. Yes. Or they want to be an entrepreneur and they're stuck. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the thing is if you can wrap your 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 mind around if i can just put my hands on 10 and 2 enough long enough to do one thing mm-hmm. one thing mm-hmm. one thing and i just did a, an interview earlier with um someone and she she was like I was all over the place. I was, I was doing hair. I was selling hair. I was just all over the place, doing all kinds of stuff. Just was not related. Somebody said something in a course drop. I went over there and got the course. I went over there. She said, and then I just 
said, you know what? I'm going to do this one thing. And then she went from $30,000 a year to her first year, she made $181,000 doing one thing. Mm -hmm. First year, second year, she retired her mom. Wow. And, and ordered her a brand new Maserati. Yes, let's go. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So one thing, and I think that's what happens with entrepreneurs <laughs> and entrepreneurs who are stuck instead of them pivoting. Because here's the thing, the thing that Kiana may think the world wants to hear, the thing that Tasha may think the world needs to know, that might not be what they want, mm -hmm. especially our community and the people who pay attention to us. Yeah. So I would say pay attention to what people are asking you about. Mm -hmm. For sure. And you see, know, when you hire someone or you get you a coach, a good coach, they're going to guide you. They, they should already... So what I consider, my, I dog whistle for my tribe. I, I, I say things intentionally that's going to either repel those who are not for me and bring those in who I can help. Because mm -hmm. I, I already know where you are. When I get on a call with you and you're telling me and I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, I was there about six years ago. So let me, let me go back to my six years. I'm going to help bring you through that because I know what your thoughts are. I know as a nurse, your family got you thinking you big bang Hank. I know that you waiting for that check to come though on Friday because I did the same thing. I know that you're working <laughs> overtime, triple time, and you still can't see your money. I identify with you because I am you. And so right. I'm going to help you understand where you are and how you get to the next point. And like you just said, that's exactly what it is. It's like telling you what to focus on. You, I always say you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. That's why I always have a coach. I don't even feel mm -hmm. right when I don't have a coach. Like I need mm -hmm. accountability. I need a little bit of this. <laughs> like help me because sometimes I'm so in it that I, I may miss the boat on something. And so having a coach, having someone to help me like, all right, you're doing too much. You, wh why are you way over here when you know way <laughs> you know, <Way. laughs> you know so, it may sound good and eat, I, I've even had to say because you know well you know I, I'm, I get bored a lot so I'm just sitting here with nothing to do and somebody will say well you need to do this hey come over here and do this and I'm like mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. well you ain't doing nothing I, I like doing nothing <laughs> I'd rather do nothing and when I say do nothing, y'all, I have worked for it for a yeah. long, long, long time. Long time. Now my money's working for me. So I'd rather be over here minding my business than be way over there trying to create something that God didn't call me to do. Mm -hmm. Keeping me farther from helping the people that God called me to help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it just, it makes sense to, if you, if you don't know what you want to do, like you said, get a coach. Yeah. Get a coach. You know, seek somebody out who you, if you even, if you, Let's say if you, they have a little idea, an inkling, oh, maybe I want to, I don't know, maybe I want to write, maybe I want to write books. Then you need to seek out people who write books, yeah. seek out authors, successful yeah. authors, coaches, you know, who do that. Mm -hmm. That's what you, that's what you seek out. Seek out. And don't, but, but don't seek them out. And you over here seeking out people that do, do Airbnbs, people exactly. that store in and people that's investing in apartment buildings. Then you're, you're never going to, you got to get find one thing, one thing. And he, listen, even me, I, I, that's how I feel. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I, I, I'm like Dory. Like, I'm okay. Kiana, I have to often set myself like med spa, med spa, med spa, med spa. Like I have to digital products. That's my little side jam because I really love it. And I know the value of it, but med spa, like I have to do that. So this year actually 
it's my year where I'm like, okay, I'm just tending into it, like you said, tend into it and focus. I'll dibble with my digital because I enjoy that, right? But med spa. <laughs> yeah, but digital is that stems from the med spa. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's mm-hmm. as it should. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of your your seven streams. People yes. think seven streams are supposed to come from seven different, seven different streams. <laughs> can't imagine <laughs> no ma'am seven streams comes from one branch yeah right just one yeah. one tree and then you, yeah. you get your streams from that and so yeah. just being able to to refocus people and I, I I've watched you from afar and I've noticed and I see see your growth you know watch you build this huge tribe and I love to see that because to me honestly I think your hands are on 10 and 2 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you. Yeah. You're not going to be able to grow like that if you're not. Yeah. And it took, it took some time, you know, and, and that's what I say. Like we, you know, <laughs> I always say it on my, my, my lives and everything. I'm like, I've yet to meet a person who didn't need, like we have to deal with the things that we have learned that was kind of old school. And that's not what we in right now. Listen, I learned from millennials. I learned from, cause listen, they, they understand. They understand the assignment. And so I am very traditional. I was I was raised, I'll say, school, family, to work, you know, retire. Mm-hmm. Then that's when you live your life. And mm-hmm. so rethinking that and reimagining what my future will look like in this current climate has just been a challenge for me. But I've been making strides because I have continued to surround myself with people who are visionaries about their own lives. And I'm like, I want that too. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to be 65. Yeah, me neither. You know, so yeah. <laughs> I'm learning and I'm growing, but I'm, I'm a canvas. I'm open. I'm always taking little pieces and I'm like, mm, that's true. You know, so I'm continuing to learn, but sometimes we have to shake up this monotony that we have in our lives and get extremely uncomfortable so much so that you're comfortable with being uncomfortable uncomfortable in my life yeah for sure for sure i am i'm here i'm here too like i'm I'm sitting here saying i do nothing but i've just embarked on this whole podcast right but i like it i think you sound you slaying it giving me life but yeah I just feel like so many people need to hear stories like your your story you know so many I mean I'm gonna go as far as to say men too yeah yeah I you get, know I get messages from me I mean you know my target is women nurses but I get I get messages from guys too and so much so that I I have to let them know listen I'm I'm team man too. Don't get, it's just that my tribe is, is women. That's my target market, but I, I got nothing but love for you guys. Like, seriously, right. I love men. I'm not leaving y'all out. I'm not a man hater or nothing. Like, right. But right. sometimes you'll get guys like, Hey, I see you. I was talking about women, but you know, I'm like, no, I, I yeah, no, yeah. I got you. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying. So um, when you're bringing value to people, it's it's not a gender thing. Value is value. It's just you can't work with me because I work for women only. You know, that's that's what you're telling them. Exactly. Yeah, take 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 this value because that's what it is, mm-hmm. and they can take it and they can apply it. So um, tell people how they can find you if they're not already um, linked with you. So you can find me on Instagram. That's my jam. I'm at Sidepreneur. S I D E P R E 
N-E-U-R underscore nurse. Um, that's my Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, Kiana Jones. I think it's doctor. Yes, Kiana Jones on Instagram. Um, and I have a website, um, which is www.drkianajones.com. That's everything. And the links will be, yeah, we'll have all the links. On that, that one website. So you can find me and all my um, social media outlets that way. Okay, we'll have, I'll have it all, you know, all your links and things like that attached. So last, last thing, last thing, last thing. Give, give her the 17 year old dropout. Give her one word of advice. Oh my gosh. Okay, hold on. The 17 year old. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. 17 year old didn't think so. 17 year old did not think so, could not see it, but it's going to be okay. But it's going to be okay. It was all worth it. It was for sure. Thank you so much for coming on. Welcome. Thank you. I love having conversations with (laughs) bosses. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for asking me those thoughtful questions because that was deep. I appreciate that. Hey, hey, hey. Don't forget to follow me if you're not on all platforms at TMAC underscore inspired. All right. See you on the next episode. Bye.